0: Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I'm really excited to talk to horror author Blaine Daigle of his book called The Broken Places, because one, horror is my go-to genre for sure, and two, this book just sounds really, really horrifyingly amazing. But hi, Blaine, how are you today? I'm doing well, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad that you're pretty much my my neighbor, a state neighbor, because yeah. you're in Louisiana, and, and this is so awesome, because we're both experiencing some crazy heat waves here. So (laughs) let's talk about your, your book. Let's go ahead and dive in. Can you, can you tell me what your book's about?
1: Uh, Yes. So The Broken Places is a full core novel set in the Yukon wilderness It concerns a man named Ryan Burdett, who inherits his family cabin up there. And he's gone through a lot of issues over the past few years, as have two of his best friends so in an effort to kind of reset the clock they decide to take a hunting trip up there similar to how they used to do it back in the day and things from there go terribly terribly wrong as some secrets concerning the Burdett family lineage slowly
0: come to uh life well, that's kind of vague but yet it tells a lot because of the the airiness that i can kind of feel already so before we get into more of the character or the events. How did this come about? What made you wanted to do kind of like the Yukon wilderness and things like that?
1: You know, for a long time, I've wanted to write like a snowy, you know, wilderness set in book. I very much love the forest. You know, obviously growing up in Louisiana, we are surrounded by the wilderness, maybe even more so than many other states. A lot of our folklore is driven into the woods. So I've always wanted to write that. And then you know we were joking a second ago about the heat. That's actually a big part of it is the fact that you know, the Yukon is in the winter is so incredibly cold that it's almost alien for someone like me, being oh. around, where it's like, yeah. you know, we might get one or two snow days every what, five, six years.
0: Right.
1: So right. To me, like, I've even noticed that just the people I'm around, like when it gets really, really cold around here, people behave differently. And it's it's kind of eerie. So I was looking for, you know, a, a remote setting, a place where I can go ahead and use the whole, there's no cell phone service and actually be able to get away with that. And the Yukon was just, it was just perfect. The more I researched it, the more I kind of delved into the legends and the folklore that, ex- that already exists there, the more intriguing it became. And then it just kind of went from there and ended up being just the perfect setting.
0: I just want to say that as readers, when you guys write a book like this, we imagine the writers in this setting, you know, in like a cabin and it's cold. You have maybe candles and you're just typing away and... And it's snowing outside, and you guys do nothing else but write these, you know, the pages. So don't don't shatter our image when you guys write your books. How was it writing that part of your novel versus your characters? But how was writing the setting?
1: The setting was really, really fun to write for me. I'm a very big fan of the atmosphere in books. I think that, you know, a lot of times... I can look at some of my favorite books and understand that there may be a few things critically that I can point out that I just didn't give a crap about because the atmosphere was so good. It just sucked me in Oh, wait. being able to create that. Plus, I, I mean, I, I like researching and just being able to research the Yukon, being able to look at videos. Google Maps was huge. Just being able to drop a guy down in the middle of the Yukon and get a feel for what the area looks like. That was so much fun. And then when it came to the characters, the characters were a little bit different because for the characters, there's a lot of dark stuff that... Mm -hmm. these characters have been through and that required whereas with Yukon Wilderness it was very much almost like discovery uh the characters was almost like going down a really dark hallway a lot of times sometimes looking in corners that make me really uncomfortable to look in
0: this is the stuff we love to read about though (laughs) (laughs) have you always wanted to approach this story as a horror novel I know you said it's about folklore and things like that but you shifted to make it horror. Have you always wanted to do it that way?
1: Yeah. So ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to write. And horror was always the genre that really attracted me. Like most people, I probably got into it by Stephen King when I was, you know, 10 mm-hmm. or 12. I'm way too young to reading Stephen King. And um, <laughs> so from there on, I had that love of horror. And then, you know, the story was kind of bounced around in my head. I wanted to write it. Life kind of got in the way for a long time. It wasn't until I read Adam Neville's book, The Ritual, and I really saw that folk horror in modern day and what mm-hmm. it, what it is now. You know, when I think of folk horror, I think of like The Wicker Man or something of that sort, which is great. I love that movie. But the way that The Ritual kind of brought it into modernity and talked about like, you know, hey, like there's more than just creepy cults out there. Let's talk about like, hey, there's a lot of cultures out there that have very strong beliefs about, the land itself being from louisiana where that's actually kind of a big topic in our in a lot of our folklore that really kind of struck a nerve with me and i realized that i could very much write this as a as a true horror novel with that folk lens to it
0: are you wanting to continue this genre or you still want to write about the same characters maybe again in the next book are you done with this set of characters
1: well, this book, this this one book, is a standalone book. Gotcha. Uh, it, it's done. The story this this story is done. It's kind of funny. I told myself after I wrote the Broken Places, I was like, "All right, well, I did this. I don't want to be a one trick pony. Let's try a different. I wanted it to be horror. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's try a different subgenre. And so my next book is going to be Southern Gothic, Ooh, which is another okay. thing that I adore. And then the more and more I wrote it, I realized that all Southern Gothic is is folk horror set in the South.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> it's the same thing, basically. Uh, but no, it's something that I very much like. I do, you know, want to stretch my wings a little bit and try different, you know, different subgenres within that horror umbrella. I think that folk horror will always kind of be like my north star that I'm always going to, you know, come back to. In right.
0: ways. you really gravitate toward it. So, but going back to the broken places, though. How was it writing Ryan, the character versus the other ones? I mean, is there a character that you really get stuck with or any difficulties on that?
1: Well, for The Broken Places specifically, I think a lot of the it was actually kind of easy to write the characters. Obviously, delving into some of the stuff that they're going through was a little bit difficult. In a lot of ways, the three characters, their personalities are based around things that I specifically, you know, deal with Mm -hmm. in life to the point where they almost feel like just separate extensions of the same person. Okay. They're individuals, sure, but I can find something, I'm like, yeah, I I relate to that in Noah. Yeah, I relate to that in Ryan. Yeah, I relate to that in Sean. So in that regard, just being able to come up with personalities and surface-level beliefs, it was fairly easy. When it came to the trauma that each of the characters have endured over the the years preceding the events that take place in the novel— That's where it got a little bit harder, especially with Ryan, just because Ryan's issues, for instance, you find out that one of the things that he is reeling from is a miscarriage. He and his wife had suffered a miscarriage. And a lot of the stuff from that particular facet of his personality came from me and my wife suffering one as well. So a lot of those emotions that I went through, a lot of that anger and and just kind of like locking yourself up that came into play with ryan it was painful yet and a a lot of times therapeutic to write kind of
0: writing it out
1: right and there's one scene in particular where it takes place it is like a flashback scene it takes place before the events of the broken places where it was i tell i told my wife i was like this is the hardest thing i've ever written in my life but i'm so happy that i wrote it i felt like i got stuff off my chest by writing this scene
0: i like the fact that you kind of dipped into what you really enjoy, which is writing the folk horror. And yet you were able to pull in some really personal stuff, and which makes the characters much more enjoyable to me because they're, you know, they're relatable. And yet you still get kind of entertainment from it, from the the horror part. This is a really cool book. (laughs) So you published this book this year. Yes. How has it been since you published a book? The publishing part has been
1: great. I signed with Wicked House Publishing, which is a very new publishing company. They've only been around for, I think, their year anniversary is coming up in August. Oh, wow. But they're doing really, really well. They have made this whole process just an absolute breeze. Patrick, the guy that was... Company has he's very personal with all of the writers. He encourages us to reach out to each other, and we've got like a nice little community built up of all of us who have been published by it. It's been a little, uh, a little shocking just to see it's doing much better than I think I ever could have dreamed it was going to do. People are seemingly responding to it in a very positive way for the most part, and that makes me very, very happy. Uh, I can say all I want that I don't care what people think. Yeah, I do.
0: right
1: so yeah a personal book you're putting it out there for consumption
0: right
1: when a book is that personal you're going to take a little bit of ownership of it right but wicked house has been so great they're they've been so great that i literally when i when i finished my second novel i didn't even send it to another publishing company i just sent it right back to them
0: like i'm ready for yeah. to go through this roller coaster yep. again <laughs> I,
1: knew, I knew i was like I, I these are the people that i want to work with i like right. i like how their authors. I like how they handle their stuff. You know I've talked to a lot of authors who have signed with other small presses who've said like well they feel like you know we don't we don't really matter. we're just like a little blip on the radar. I've never felt that way at all. It seems like they make our, like they make our books a priority and that has just made all the difference in the world. It's made dealing with the whirlwind of having a book out in the wild easier to deal with. Because I think uh, if I didn't have them just constantly telling me like, "Yeah, this is gonna happen, get ready for it," or "This is gonna happen, get ready for it," that I probably would have gone insane already. So <laughs> it's very nice to have that reassuring voice.
0: All right, I like that you have a good relationship with them, and they're good guidance in what's gonna happen. Because I feel like authors, especially, you know, when you have one or two books under your belt, it's still kind of a new game for everybody. Do you mention a second book? Can we talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh, yes, it actually just got its not official release date, but release month over Ooh. the weekend. It's coming out in November. It's called A Dark Rue, and it is a Southern Gothic story set in the middle of Terrebonne Parish in Louisiana, which has two siblings returning to the their ancestral home on a sugarcane farm to deal with the death of their mother and all of the past events that have led from a very particularly bad summer when they were a child.
0: I love that setting. I don't know what it is, but like going back and learning about history, if like, of your family or places, I, I love that stuff. And especially when it's gonna be horror, that's even makes it even more fun. <laughs>
1: well, I joke about it because I said, like, you know, my two favorite genres are folk horror and Southern Gothic. So, of course, the first two books I write are gonna be a folk horror book and a Southern okay. Gothic book.
0: Uh, we're we're fine with that. we're in for it, man <laughs> so Blair, what else can you tell me about you as an author?
1: I guess with with just one book one release book under my belt, it's kind of hard to like say, well, I'm this way versus this way or mm-hmm. whatever. Just things that I've kind of learned about myself through the process of you know writing and editing is I'm very much character driven in a lot of what I do. Both of the books that I've written, the characters are at the forefront and the story itself kind of wraps itself around those characters. With both The Broken Places and a Dark Rue, I had like a general outline of, okay, this is what's going to happen as I write the book. And then as the book kind of proceeded, all of that ended up changing to fit what was going on with the characters. Oh, and yeah. I like that yeah. I like that in my entertainment as well. I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan, if, Haunting of Hill House, and he does that as well. And I, I found myself doing it. I'm also very, very big on atmosphere. I've had some people tell me, is like, all right, well, like, I get the whole, you know, get to the point part of it, but at the same time, I know that when I read horror, the kind of horror that I like, I need to feel immersed in the setting. If I'm not immersed in the setting, mm-hmm. then it doesn't really have that impact on me. You know, obviously you write, we write what we like. So a lot of my books, if I had to say moving forward, me as a writer, very atmospheric, very emotional character at the forefront is probably going to be what you're going to get with me. I tried to just. I, I. I even like with short stories. I have a problem because I've tried to write short stories for anthologies that say like four thousand words. Hold on, I, I can't do that because if I don't, I need. I need that four thousand words to set this right. set this uh, atmosphere up. Right. I want to say I have like ten books in my head that I have planned, if not fleshed out.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and I've also learned by myself that I am incapable of working on two projects at once. i tried to do that. <laughs> Where I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna. Tr- I had like these three ideas, and about two weeks in, I was like, bro, just no, 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 no stick
0: with that. <laughs> that's also. Awesome. I love hearing how authors like approach your your projects, and I hear so many different styles, and definitely one at a time is one of them because to me, especially with horror or thrillers, I could just imagine everything gets all kind of jumbled up or whatnot. Yeah. But that's just me yeah. assuming. I'm not a writer, obviously
1: i kind of noticed just when i was doing it i was i'd be going all right well I, i'm feeling like i want to write in this manuscript today and then i'm reading over what i wrote i'm like dude you said the same phrase in all three of these manuscripts like, <laughs> You're like
0: yeah now i have to step back i need to yeah. rethink this
1: huh <laughs> so running out of words here dude
0: <laughs> so for the broken places how long was that process Building the world, building characters, getting to print.
1: It's kind of funny because I jokingly say that I started writing The Broken Places when I was 12 years old. <laughs> the very first time I ever had this inkling of writing this book, I think I was like eight, actually. My father is a big uh, like 70s, 60s, 80s heavy metal guy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those old songs back in the day, they've got these undercurrents of like folklore elements.
0: Oh, And there's
1: a song he loved by a a band called Rainbow. It was called Run With The Wolf. At eight years old, that song kind of creeped me out a little bit. And I was (laughs) like, I kind of want to write that as a a book. Then I turned 12 and I started getting this idea of, okay, I want to be a writer and I want to write this snowy wilderness, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of kept going on from there and there and there. I had a lot of false starts and stops and starts and like, okay, maybe this, no, maybe this, no. And then uh, when we went on lockdown for the pandemic and I had all the time in the world, I was like, okay, let me just go ahead and do this thing. I started writing it in uh, June of that year with the pandemic, so 2020. I actually wrote The End in the hospital when my second son was born. Like, he had been born uh, early in that day. It's at night. He's in the nursery area. Uh-huh. And I'm just on the, that little hospital cot. And that's when I wrote The End and I finished the rough draft. You know, a couple months to write that. I then edited for about a year before I started sending it off to uh, – different places i know a lot of writers talk about like you know getting the rejections back and all that quite frankly i, I would have preferred that from the experience that i had i just i felt ghosted like i would oh. just not get, not get responses the ones who had like a portal that you would submit your writing to like the manuscript to mm-hmm. it would just sit in the portal and it wouldn't do anything and
0: it's like it kind of went like, out to limbo and yeah, I was yeah. Like, hey,
1: it was a uh, very disheartening a few of the people who were interested in it seemed way more interested in my social media following than they did the actual book, oh. which was really irritating. Because I'm yeah. not, a big, I have social media, but I'm not a big social media person. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make 5 six posts a day. That was just so disheartening. I was just like,
0: yeah,
1: self publish this thing. I know, I feel like it's good, right? But I'm either getting ghosted by these by these companies or. I'm talking to people who obviously couldn't give a crap less about how good the book actually is. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to uh, self publish it. I had made that decision completely. So completely in fact that I was going to go ahead and I'd started writing a dark room. Yeah. Right. Here we go. And then I I had planned on doing one last edit and releasing it. And at that point I just stumbled on a Facebook ad from wicked house when they had just started and I sent it in and two, three weeks later, I got offered the contract.
0: That's such a good story, though. It's very hopeful for a lot of other authors, too. But congratulations among all this. This is cool. It does suck to kind of not getting responses. And it's such a long game when it comes to publishing. But your story is fascinating and really hopeful. <laughs> so, Blaine, where can we get your book? Uh, right now, Amazon is
1: pretty much the best place to do it. I know that some Barnes and Nobles across the countries and some Books and Million have ordered copies, but it's not widespread. Obviously, Wicked House is a very new and small indie press. Uh, so Amazon is just about the best place to get it right now. If you are interested in like signed copies of that sort, I take requests on my Facebook page from direct messages. Just reach out and we'll get it going.
0: Well, I, I want to say thank you for coming by today and telling me about the folk horror world that you've created and that you're going to continue creating. I hope you come back to talk to me about your next books and your next projects because this is fascinating. I love atmospheric horror. I mean, this is just a book that has a lot of really amazing elements into it. Any last minute thing you want to say before we go today, Blaine?
1: If you happen to pick up the book, I I really do hope you enjoy it. Feel free to reach out to me on any of my social media. I have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram under Blaine Dago author.
0: Okay, well, thank you. I will let you go. And I I'm, I want to say congratulations. This is a fascinating journey. And I'm excited to to get to know your books. And, you know, this Broken Places just sounds so much fun to read. Getting to know the author and the process and the journey, it's to me, it's fascinating. That's why we do this podcast, I think. But I will talk to you next time, Blaine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie others and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast. For a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Katty and I talk all things book and about her cats, too. See you then.